This is Rabbi Chaim Isheritz of Kesha Israel Congregation in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The subject I will be discussing is Malechet Machshevet. The concept of Malechet Machshevet is the underlying principle for determining what is considered Malacha or forbidden work on the Sabbath. The term is found in Pashas Vayakhel in connection with the construction of the Mishkan or Tabernacle. Due to its association with the Mishkan, the term can be understood in two ways, one objective and the other subjective. In the objective mode, the term of Shevet is related to the word Chashuv, that is something of importance or significance. The Mishkan is certainly an important enterprise. In the subjective mode, it is related to the word Machshava, which designates either thought or intent. Indeed, the Torah uses that expression in reference to the artisan of the Mishkan, Betzalel Ben-Uri. The term is Velachshov Machshavot, to think thoughts. Truly artistic work requires thought and deliberation. Both of these interpretations are necessary in order to define what is work on the Sabbath. In the, subjective mo- in the objective mode, Sabbath work must be an act of significance, which occasions real change in the physical universe. The rabbis determined that the activities which were necessary for the construction of the Mishkan were the ones which were deemed significant actions. The activities of the, by themselves, however, were not sufficient to incur liability. The second aspect of Malachet Machshevet, thought or intent, also had to be added to the equation. Without the, without the requisite intent, action by itself did not generate culpability. The nature of this intent is revealed in the principle known as mechalkel, that is destruction. An intent that, inc- that incurs liability must be one to create rather than destroy. Thus, the same action could at times incur liability and at other times not. Tearing down a structure is a good il- illustration. If the intent is to destroy the structure, there is no liability, although there is a rabbinic prohibition to do so. If the intent, however, is to build a newer or better structure, then there is liability under the category of boner. The act of destruction is actually considered one of building or construction. Delineating the levels of creative intent, that is, how much intent is considered culpable intent, is a complex subject in Talmudic and rabbinic writings. The best way to approach this question is to delineate the levels of intent that do not meet the test of culpability. These levels are included in the general category, which is called enomiskaven, that is, lacking intent. There are various possibilities of this condition. One, an intention to do an act which could result in a permissible outcome, but due to an accident, the same action led to a prohibited result. There is no liability here because the prohibited result was not intended. Two, an intent to do a prohibited action with a prohibited result, but due to an accident, another prohibited result ensued. Here, too, there's no liability, for the prohibited result was not the one uh, which was intended and was not the intended outcome. Three, doing an action intended to accomplish a permissible result by being fully aware that in the process of attaining that, that result, a prohibited action and result may very likely occur. In the third case, if the action leading to the intended result necessarily creates a prohibited result, then it is considered an intentional act which occasions liability. One cannot separate the same act which brought about one result into two components, one permissible and one prohibited. The classic example is one who cuts off the head of a chicken to use as a toy, but claims that he, that he did not intend for the chicken to die. He cannot claim that two results were derived from the same act of killing. That is death and the chicken's head. The law considers the death also an intended result. This is known as the prohibition arising from sick ratio, literally cutting off the head. When a similar situation does allow for two results to occur, there's a fundamental controversy among the rabbis whether there's sufficient intent to incur liability. 
This is known in the Talmud as That is an act not intended for itself. In this case, a prohibited activity has two results, one direct and one indirect. The direct result is prohibited, but the indirect one is not. If the intent is for the direct result, it incurs liability. If it is for the indirect result, it does not. The classic example of this situation is one who digs a hole in the ground in order to utilize the dirt. The, dirt, the direct result of digging is creating the hole. The indirect or incidental result is the dirt which accumulates. If the intention is for the hole, then it is liable under the category of bone or building. If the intent is just for the dirt, it does not rise to the level, to many authorities, of a liable intent. In both, in both this case and the previous one, the action of the means to achieve the result were both prohibited. The liable intent, however, must only be geared to the result and not the action which brought it about. In the case of psychratia, only one result occurred. Although it is intellectually possible to speak separately of death and the chicken's head, in actuality it is only one event and one result, that is, a dead chicken. In the case of the hole and the dirt, although it is one event, a physical distinction could be made between the two results, that is, the hole and the dirt. This enables the intent to be directed at, at one without simultaneously being directed at the other. This, I believe, is the fundamental understanding of the concept of Melechus Machshavis, work which is prohibited on Shabbos.